Good to see every one of you. Kathy's going to come and read our scripture this morning. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2 and from verse 22 onwards. Now, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to dedicate him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and the mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was of a great age, and had lived with her husband seven years, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And we thank God for his mighty word. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a real privilege to be here on this Sunday, which is a Sunday in between Christmas and New Year. You don't know what to call this Sunday, really. It's a sort of an extra one. We're getting ready for the New Year celebrations when whatever you'll be doing to ring in the New Year on Wednesday evening, Tuesday evening. All right, okay. It might be different in Ireland, I'm not sure. But anyway, whatever you're doing to ring in the new year, it's a time when if you've entered the supermarkets or the shops this week, it's the same every year. Coming up to Christmas, you know, you eat what you want to eat. We've had the best Christmas dinners I think we've ever had this year. Absolutely loved it. But as soon as you go in on Boxing Day, it's all the diet books that are on and all the books about losing weight. And when we come to this time of the year, a lot of times we talk about New Year's resolutions and what we're going to do going into 2020. And 2020, of course, a lot of groups, a lot of church groups have taken the idea of 2020 as being perfect vision. So there's a lot of churches, a lot of groups that you'll 
see this year. We'll talk about vision. We'll talk about moving into what you're going to see in 2020. And I wonder what it will be for you as you head into a new year. This is the last of our Invitation Sundays But at the beginning of Advent, the Invitation Sundays were taken from Terry's picture that he did of North Allerton and Bethlehem on top of each other. And then you you had the idea of being invited to different things. And this morning's an invitation to a dedication. And the dedication, the story that Kathy read there from uh, Luke chapter 2 with Simeon and Anna. And that's the passage that really I've taken as the basis of what I want to share this morning. But it it already fits in with somewhere where the Lord was taking my mind anyway. So it's an easy one for me to speak on this morning. But I want to challenge you at the beginning of a new year to think about what you're carrying into this new year. We are complex creatures, really, aren't we? We're made up of our past. We're made up of different ideas that make us. I'm an Irishman. That brings a certain amount of intelligence that is superior. You know, and there's certain things that I will think along certain lines, even politically, because that's the background that I have, and it dictates a lot of the way I think, although a lot has changed over the years. I've given you some notes this morning. I've done that so you can take these away with you. Because the amazing thing about a message is that everybody hears something different from a message. And I want to speak to you this morning and give you a word to take into 2020. That's what I want you to take from this. It's not a generalized word that will fit everybody. It isn't a bring your grandmother to church this morning. Let's have a nice time. I want to speak a word to you that will make a difference to your life so that 2020, you can grasp hold of something. Because the theme that I believe the Lord has given me, let me tell you how I got it. I was in Romania a few weeks ago. And uh, in Romania, I had a fantastic time. I'd been at the last prayer and fasting time here. And I told the folk that God had brought a man back into my life, a minister, a couple of ministers who I met in 2001 going from here to Romania. And all of a sudden, they appeared in Brashov where I was. And I'd been praying for them for years, and all of a sudden, God brought us back together again. And so, this guy called Pastor Adi, I traveled with him through Romania and then into Moldova and into Transnistria, and we had the most incredible time. And I was due to speak that evening, and the family I stayed with had a treadmill, which was a blessing because I love to go for a run. So, I was on the treadmill, and I just started my run when God whispered to me. And I love it when that happens. Because that's my job as a preacher is to share with you what God says to me. And so this is what I heard God say to me. I heard him whisper to me, who is carrying your word? And I want to ask you that directly this morning. As you go into 2020, who is carrying your word? Now, it takes it a step further from the old Pentecostal type of preaching. Whose report do you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. I'm not talking this morning of believing what you believe. I want to go a step further than that. I want to ask you what you're carrying because you will be carrying a word today. All of us carry words. We carry them from our childhood. Things that people have said to us. Things that make me who I am as an Irishman. Things that have been said to me as a child. The fact that I thought I was useless at art until I met Sue, and she suddenly changed my opinion about art. I thought I was useless at history. Today, I love history, but I had the worst history teacher in the world, in my opinion today. All he did 
was wrote on a blackboard. And all we did is in our class in Petora and in Enniskillen, all we did was we wrote down what he wrote on the board on our bits of paper. It was ridiculous teaching, but that's the way it was. So I grew up carrying a word that believed I was useless at history. By the way, I'm keeping my illustrations personal this morning because in talking through with Kathy, my message, I thought I could get very intense with people and I don't want to do that. So my illustrations are personal. When I was about 11, when I went to grammar school, 11, 12, I started getting pains in my stomach, very severe pains. And I went to the doctor and the doctor believed I had a rumbling appendix. And so I never did have my appendix out, but there was a sort of a rumbling appendix. So he gave me a note and I didn't play rugby at that time. What I discovered a few years later was I was allergic to pork. That when you eat pork, a very fatty meat, and it affected me in my stomach. But for a few years, I carried a word that was false. I believed I was, I had appendix that were going to burst at any minute. And it wasn't true but it affected how I lived, and I carried that word. Now that I'm in the great age of, I'm 58 years old, at that perfect age, now when you meet up with people, especially my age, the conversation nearly always goes to which bit of your bodies is false, how many bits you've had transferred, or how many, uh, you're on a list to have something replaced with the NHS, or if you go uh, to some, another group of people, it'll be to how long left you have until you retire, what age are you going to retire at? Well, I found out on the website that I retire when I'm 67 years old, and it gave me the date, and I think it even counts down to it. Now listen, the Bible doesn't talk about retirement, so we take on us another word. As I was brought up in the Methodist church, I trained for the Methodist ministry in Belfast, and one of my friends who was a junior minister, he was older than me, but he was a junior minister in Enniskillen, I met him a number of years ago, and he said to me, Kingsley, I just can't wait to retire. I'm thinking, why can't you wait to retire? I hate this. He's a Methodist minister. And it became the topic of his conversation. What word was he carrying? He was carrying the word that it's time for him to retire. I'm going to ask you this morning, what word are you carrying? And not so much what word you're carrying, who is carrying your word? For some of us, the doctor carries our word. My father, when he had his first heart attack in his 40s, he had angina. He became actually quite a fit man after that because he lost a lot of weight. He used to eat raw eggs. I don't know whether that actually worked, but he ate raw eggs every day. Anybody else ever done that? He ate raw eggs every day and walked and got himself into pretty good condition. But the doctor said to him that he should not travel. And so he never came to see where I lived over here. He wouldn't do it. And the reason he didn't do it was because the doctor said, if you go too far from where you can get the emergency services, you might die. Now, that affected him. It affected the way, and I love my father, don't get me wrong. He's with the Lord now, but it affected the way that he lived because somebody else carried his word. This is what God said to me. I was in Romania, and I was on a treadmill and just started to do a little bit of a run, and immediately I heard a whisper of God, who's carrying your word? Who is carrying your word today? I want to give you some illustrations of that from the Bible. I've given you the notes. I may deal with them all. I might not. Luke chapter 1 verse 38, this is what Mary said. When the angel came and told her she was highly favored of the Lord, her final thing was she said, well, I'm a virgin. How can these things be? Then she said, let it be according to your word. I will carry your word. And she physically did carry the word of the Lord. And we read in John chapter 1 about the word becoming flesh and dwelt among us. 
God will speak a word to you in your life, in your ministry, wherever that is, and that word was designed to become flesh. It was designed to become a reality in your life. I was over in Tanzania very recently, and we had a fantastic visit. It was just the trips we've been on this last while. Romania and Tanzania were amazing. But in in Tanzania, I was speaking on the authority that God had given us in His Word. And the meetings were finished. It was an amazing time. Myself and a guy called Adam came with me. And we're in this, the guy is called Pastor Pius. Great name for a pastor, I think. Pastor Pius. And so at the end, at the very end, this grandmother, she came up to me with a young couple and their baby. And said to me, listen, this young couple, I want you to pray. It was Iraqi that they speak in this remote part of near Arusha, northern Tanzania. Uh, but Swahili was the, is the main language. And I learned a few expressions just to say to people. And in Swahili, she brought this couple forward and said, would you pray for my grandson and his wife, please? I said, okay, I'll pray. Of course we'll pray for her. What's the problem? Well, they're both deaf and, you can't say deaf and dumb. Can you say that today? I don't know. Deaf and dumb. I'm, I'm political anyway. So they couldn't speak speak and they couldn't hear, neither of them. Now, obviously, they could communicate because they've got a baby, so they found some way through it. But there they are facing me, this young couple, and I've been speaking about the authority that God gives us in His Word. So I was left in a predicament, in a sense. You're left in a predicament, aren't you? I could say, well, wait till the main pastor comes back. But I thought, okay, well, we have authority. God's given us authority. I was speaking on authority. So we took authority over this deaf and dumb spirit that was holding this couple. So I looked at this guy, and I said, can you see me? So I, I, I said, uh, Jesus, and he said to me, Jesus. I thought, that's a good start anyway. So I looked at him again, and I shouted Jesus at him. He shouted back at me, Jesus. So I looked at the pastor, and I said, Pastor, are you sure these guys can't speak and they can't hear? Well, it's, we're just going by what the woman said. So I, I shouted at him, and, and he looked at me, and he, and he shouted Jesus. And so then I, I, I learned how to say, oh, you know, how are you, whatever. Bueno, hace is praise the Lord. But I, I found a couple of expressions in Swahili. And so I prayed for his ears and covered my mouth and spoke to him. And he started to repeat back everything I said to him. Looked at Adam, I said, Adam, God's doing something tremendous in this man. Looked at his wife, I said to her, Jesus, and she said, Jesus. And then I said something different, she said, Jesus, that she can't hear me. So we prayed for her ears, then she started to repeat everything I said. And God touched the two of them and miraculously changed because of the authority of the word that was at work in their life. I was carrying a word at that stage that brought deliverance to these people. Now, what I want to ask you this morning is the word that you are carrying, is it God's word? Because the world will give you a word. The world will tell you you're getting into your 60s and it's time for you to retire. Did God say that? If God said that, then amen. But if God didn't say it, then you tell the world to shut up. Anybody with me this morning? Luke 2 verse 29 This is Simeon who came into the temple. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. Let your word take effect in my life. I want to carry your word. These two people in the temple, Anna and Simeon, Simeon have been coming in and God spoke to him and said, you will not die until you see the deliverer coming. Until you see the Messiah, you will stay alive. And he carried that word for years until that morning he came into the temple at that dedication and he knew when he saw this baby Jesus, this is the time that God has called. Now God, you can let your word be fulfilled because I have seen what you your word said, I will see. 
And then there's Anna, the prophetess. Anna was a carrier of words for other people. It's hard to understand whether she was 84, depending on what translation. It might have been that when she died. So she's somewhere between 84 and about 105 years old. And she'd been in the temple all her life carrying words for people, probably for young girls, probably for maidens. She came up to them and said, this is what the Lord says to you. She brought words to people. And then she saw the living word, Jesus Christ and realize this is the fulfillment of everything that she had lived for. Who is carrying your word? There's actually five there that I want to just read to you very quickly. Stories you'll probably know very well. Everybody's heard of Samson, the strongest man that ever lived. I don't believe he looked particularly strong. I know when we look at the pictures of him, we see this muscle-bound guy, but he's not necessarily like that because his strength came from the Lord. But when he started to fight against the Philistines, the Philistines, who are a peculiar people, peculiar in that they specifically attack the people of God, more than any other stein that you can think of in those days, any other enemy, the Philistines seem to be peculiarly kept attacking the people of God. They only really come across them when they go into the promised land, and they come against them. And they, of course, geographically, that's one of the reasons for that. Here we have the Philistines that came against the men of Judah and said, hand Samson over to us. So the people came to Samson and said to them, in Judges 15, says, don't you know that the Philistines rule over us? Don't you realize this is the way that it has to be? Don't you realize that this morning? Don't you realize that you are restricted by where you live? Don't you realize you're restricted by your physical condition? Don't you realize you are bound by the family you grew up in, by the words that your teachers said to you that said you were useless at this, that you'll never achieve? The words your father said to you, your father said you're a useless child before he left the home slamming the door. The words that were spoken to us throughout our lives, sometimes they live with us throughout our lives. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. And Samson didn't believe it, so they came to him and said, don't you realize that the world rules us. And Samson said, hey, no, I didn't realize that. God did not give me that memo. I'm a child of God. So I can carry the word that God has caused me to carry. So the Philistines, they carried the word till Samson appeared. See, North Allerton is carrying a word until New Life Baptist Church appears. Here you have it in 1 Samuel chapter 14. It's an amazing story because the Philistines, they take all the swords and the, the spears, they take all the weapons from the children of Israel. And only Saul and his son Jonathan have a, a sword. But what happens basically is Jonathan decides to go and attack the Philistines himself. So the Philistines carried the word until Jonathan appeared. The third one is the most familiar of them all, the story of Goliath. And you have a teenage boy called David. David's carrying a word. But his elder brothers and the army, they ran away from Goliath and the Philistines. Filled with fear. 1 Samuel, you look it through in 17, you'll find in two specific places that they ran away in fear and there wasn't even a battle. You don't need a battle to be fearful. There's a lot of people in Britain living in fear, yet there's no battle. The enemy deals in words. The enemy deals in accusations. The enemy deals in identity, identity theft, telling you who you are 
and who you are not. So I'm asking you a question. As you go into 2020, who are you? What word are you carrying? Or who is carrying your word as you go into 2020? Because somebody will carry it, and you will have said amen to somebody's word. What I'm encouraging you today is to say amen to the word of the Lord. And you can tell the word of the Lord because the word of the enemy will tell you you're useless, you are too old. If I was to have an interview panel this morning, or had, had a little chat with you, how many of you would you say, I'm too old? Who's told you you are too old? Who has told you you are too sick? Who has told you you're not intelligent enough? Who has told you you do not qualify? Because I can tell you, it is not God that said those words. And yet we say amen to them all the time. And we become like everybody else. But God wants us to carry our own words. The Philistine carried the word, came up against the people of God and said, choose a man who will fight me. If he wins, we'll become your slaves, which was a lie because they did win and they didn't become their slaves. And if we win, you will become our slaves. And the Bible says the Israelites just ran away in fear. They were fearful. David comes along and says, who is this guy? Who lets him talk like that? Somebody should get his neck and slice it off his head. That's what should happen to this guy. What's, what is wrong with you guys? Who's going to fight him? Who's carrying the word? If nobody else will carry the word, I'll jolly well carry it. And that's what David did. So the Philistine Goliath carried the word until David came along. The angel carried the word until Mary came along. When they had this conversation in our text this morning, the conversation of you're highly favored of the Lord. I'm just a virgin, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will give birth to a child. He'll be called Jesus. He'll be the Savior of the world. What did she say? She said, I'll carry that word. Let it be to me according to that word. Now, let me ask you this. Was it possible that anything could have happened to her? Could there have been anything possible that she would have died before she fulfilled that word? You would say to me, no, because God would have made sure that she wouldn't have died. Of course, it's the Son of God. He's going to look after the Word in a special way. Maybe so. But let me tell you this. The Word of God, God speaks into your life. And for some of you, He's spoken many, many years ago and spoken a clear word into your life. I was in that office in there working here in the church when God spoke to me from Joshua chapter 1, verse 14. When I was wondering, should I stay as a pastor or should I travel? Because I was killing myself. God spoke incredibly clearly just the other side of that wall. I opened my Bible, Joshua 1, verse 14. Go across this Jordan. Help your brothers possess their land. When you've done that, go home. I've been walking on that word. I've been carrying that word for years. And I still carry that word today. In my prayer time, I carry words for other people that God has given them. And you'll do that in your prayer time. But it's not for me to carry somebody else's word. It's for them to carry their own word. Nothing could have happened to Mary until she'd fulfilled what God had spoken to her, that the word would become flesh. So what I'm saying to you this morning is that God wants you in 2020 to allow his word in you to become flesh. That could be some very strange words because, you see, the trouble is in, in church, and we do this very well in church, we make everybody else the same. When I was training for the Methodist ministry, there, somebody put a cartoon in our magazine that was one of those mincers. Do any of you remember the mincer that came out on a Monday? You had beef on a Sunday once a week, but on Monday, the mincer, it, it wound on to the end of the table. Do any of you remember that? 
I heard my dad talk about it. You join it to the end of the table and the meat goes in, the meat that was spare, and you wind it up and it comes out. It was fantastic. And somebody drew on a picture in our Methodist magazine that had all these individuals coming into Methodist college, but they all came out looking the same. And we can do the same in church if we're not careful, where we give you a word. And some of you are carrying a word where you will put your hands on sick people and they shall recover. But that word has not become flesh. So it needs to become flesh. We need to carry the word that God has given. We are carrying words. Unless we've let somebody abort that word before it took birth, and then we're carrying a different word. I don't know what word you're carrying this morning. But when Jesus walked on the water in Matthew chapter 14, he came along and he said, you're walking on the water. I can walk on the water. Give me a word. I want to carry a new word. And Jesus said, come. So he starts walking on the water according to the word Jesus gave him. The rest of the disciples were in the boat and they started worshiping. It was a wonderful worship time. But God's calling some people here to go beyond the realm of worship. Worship will keep you in a boat. A word will bring you on the water. Worship's wonderful, and we all worship, and it's the most incredible thing we'll do for all eternity. But while we're here on earth, worship is not the pinnacle of all that we do. Worship is giving Him worth. But there comes a time when God calls us from the worship meeting and wants to give us a word that will cause us to walk on water, and He'll whisper those words into us. And we are receptacles of those words if we're listening to them. So I want to encourage you in our year of perfect vision 2020, Open up our ears to hear the word of the Lord. The scriptures that Kathy read, basically it's the story of Simeon and Anna whose lives were changed. We have a baby here that the kids know that they've been making things out of pottery. And there's been a different one each week and the one this morning's a baby. And so this baby is the word that became flesh. And Mary carried this word, the baby Jesus, for nine months and gave birth to the word. In the process of that nine months, the first place she went was to her cousin Elizabeth. The Bible says that the baby leapt inside Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit. Of course, because it was the Holy Spirit that came upon Mary. That's how she found herself pregnant with the Word. And the Holy Spirit then found somebody else, her cousin Elizabeth, and identified immediately with that Word. I'm glad that God causes us to identify with certain people who will recognize the Word in us because it's from the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I've given you uh, just this little note, but there's a, a little box at the bottom, and it says the Word that I am carrying. And I would encourage you, just spend a little bit of time, maybe over the next few days on your own, and find the word that God has for you. God will speak. He speaks today. Shirley, you had a wonderful word when we went to India last year. She was like dynamite in India. Why? Do you remember that word you carried? My memory is not as good as it used to be. God gave me that scripture in 1 Timothy verse 7, and you will have a sound mind. God had not given a spirit of fear, but of love. And I mean, we all knew it off by heart because, I mean, she talked, she spoke it all the time. Every meeting we went into. And it brought tremendous release to people in India because that's what she believed, because that's the word. She carried that word while we were in India. And it was such a blessing to so many people. 
What word are you carrying? Or who is carrying your word? So I give you permission this morning. Do you know the way we do our response here is that there is a prayer team at the end after we sing. That's where you come for prayer. But I just want you to think for a moment, who is carrying your word? Now, please don't hear what I'm not wanting you to hear this morning. This is not a critical thing, as in, if you're happy with the word the doctor's given you, don't say that Irish preacher said that you're a stinking liar. Don't go into the doctor and say that. I'm not saying that. I thank God for doctors. And if you're happy with the word the doctor's given to you, as far as that goes, you've accepted that, then say amen to it. I'm not saying what you should say amen to. All I'm saying is this, is that in this era that we're moving into, I believe there's a tremendous move of God coming on the church. But I also believe that we need to be people who are running with the word that God has given to us. The Samsons need to rise up. The Jonathans need to rise up. The Davids need to rise up and say, hold on, that isn't who we are. We're not what people say we are. We are who God says we are. And I can do what God says I can do. I am who God says I am. And I'll go where God says I can go. So maybe we need to just settle for a moment and say, Lord, would you examine my heart this morning? And if I've said amen to something I shouldn't have said amen to, then please forgive me. If I've run along with the idea that I'm old and denigrated and pathetic, then wise up and get a life and get out of your bed and turn off the TV and do something. That was my one rash moment. It's okay. Let's pray. Just in the stillness, would you say to God this morning, whatever you need to say to Him, maybe you're carrying a word that wasn't given to you by God. I'm not saying it's wrong because I've got no authority or I've got no right to say what's right or wrong for you. All I'm saying is this, don't let somebody else write a word over your life. That's God's prerogative. Don't give that word to the world. Don't let them put an ism or a a description over your life. If you're dyspraxic, don't go around telling everybody, I'm dyspraxic. You're God's child. You're who he has made you. If you have things and issues to deal with, then you'll deal with them. God will cause you to deal with them. I'm Irish. I have to live with that. That's a blessing in my mind, but not to others. But there are physical ailments as we get older. There are physical ailments that come upon us. Don't be labeled by them. Be labeled by who God says you are. I'm not denying the medical field. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say something that isn't true. That's not what I'm saying. But we do need to be labeled. Mary, she was labeled by the fact that she was giving birth to the Son of God. Simeon, he came into the temple because God told him, you will not die till you see the Savior. Anna, 84 years And she knew God had called her to bring words for people. Peter came to Jesus in John chapter 6, said, you've got the words of eternal life. When Jesus said, do you want to go and live by the world's way? Do you want to leave me? No. Where would I go? And so this morning, allow God to speak words into your life. And if you're dealing with issues, allow him to speak his words in with those issues. I'm not denying who you are today. I'm not denying the difficulties that you have but allow God's word to come in and to bring changes and to cause him to label who we are. Father, I pray this morning that as we look at Anna and Simeon and as we look at Jonathan and Samson and David and Peter, 
Lord, as we go into 2020, help us to be the people you've caused us to be. Not to be labeled by what the world says, but to be labeled by who you say we are. In Jesus' name, amen.